How you grow a state, how you grow your business. Exactly. What will the General Assembly be looking at come the session, which, well, is almost upon us. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter. At IIB on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Uh, you're asking the question, or at least uh, your, your group are, and sharing the story, uh, that Governor Holcomb has a we-shall-see approach on the possibility of tax cuts. As you're talking to people in the General Assembly and things are gearing up and people are taking a look at this holiday season, taking a look at supply chain issues, is there a thought that tax cuts are going to help spur uh, more economic growth and opportunity? Or are they go- are they worried that if they do so with the supply chain issues, they may not have at the General Assembly a very Merry Christmas? Well, uh, great question. And I think, uh, as you mentioned there, the governor was a bit uh, coy uh, when asked uh, about the possibility uh, with state tax um, uh, revenues coming in uh, at strong levels. Would there be the possibility of a tax cut? His reaction, we shall see. Uh, certainly any talk of a tax cut, there are going to be a lot of proponents, a lot of folks who say it is a, it is a positive thing. But as you look at large, more largely uh, at the economy, the state of the economy, you talk about the supply chain issue. And I know we had uh, Mark DeFabus, uh, a longtime logistics executive in the, uh, uh, in the Indianapolis area, who talked about the need for at least some short-term uh, stopgaps, some, some, some moves that would help to uh, alleviate some of these bottlenecks. And I think that's what a lot of the discussion is now when you look at, at the impact and trying to get something done around the, the uh, uh, supply chain issues, is trying to get at least some short-term things to provide some relief. Well, as we take a look at what's going on around our local area, there there are two stories. I want you to dig in on them because it, it, it seems to me like, well, people are still building. People are still growing. If we've got all these issues with finding employees and yet we have all these businesses that continue to open up in central Indiana, the two things sometimes don't correlate. So you got two stories. The $200 million makeover of Lafayette Square which I think is going to be massive. I only hope we are able to keep uh, the restaurants, those food places, those more ethnic places around uh-huh. and available for all of us. And then in Greenwood, you've got an $83 million mixed-use project. So talk about those two things and whether or not they're worried about how they're seeing supply chain issues and employee issues affecting them from getting started, getting going, and making things better throughout the state. Yeah, no question, uh, a concern. You talk about the first story, which I think is significant, as you, as you suggest, and that's Lafayette Square. Uh, you, you go back, built in the night, late 60s, the first enclosed mall in Indianapolis, uh, many years ago, uh, was the place to go. You know, shopping centers, shopping malls were uh, were the new thing, and Lafayette Square was uh, was a happening place. Obviously, in, in in recent years, it has been very challenged to, to try to find a reuse or a new uh, use for that area. You mentioned the restaurants, the international marketplace, which I think is one of the great uh, uh, secrets uh, in the state of Indiana. I think they speak over 100 languages in that in that area with all the restaurants and, and, and shops and businesses that are located there, uh, a real international flavor that they want to use as an attractor when folks come to town to say, hey, come out to this international marketplace. Then you layer in this $200 million makeover of Lafayette Square inside and outside. There's a you know, boutique hotel. Very ambitious plans. will be interesting to watch this play out to, to see it happen. You know, If it will happen, uh, there's a lot of optimism it will, but that is a big, big project. 
a lot of uncertainties in the economy now, but uh, positive news there. Then you go to Greenwood, and you and I have talked about Greenwood uh, before in some of the redevelopment activity that the mayor and others there are, are engaged in. $83 million mixed-use uh, deal, site of the former Greenwood uh, Middle School. There's also a field house that will open, uh, I think, next year uh, in that area. So, you know, you go to Hamilton County and Fishers and, 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 and Carmel and Westfield and Noblesville get a lot of attention, as they should, but quietly – Greenwood is doing its own thing, too, uh, in terms of, um, you know, adding and redeveloping and preparing for the future. And one thing additional I'll throw in there, Tony, you talk about jobs and the ability to get people. You know, it was last week um, a a big RV maker announced plans in northeast Indiana to add 500 jobs in Ligonier, tiny Noble County community, 500 jobs. And you wonder, you know, there, there is this workforce shortage. Where are they going to come from? They appear, appear confident that the workforce can handle it. But we're seeing those kinds of stories happen around the state of Indiana, even during the pandemic. And, and it's encouraging. But back to your original point, where are the folks going to come from? Talking to Gary Dick of InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB, at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick on the Twitter box. A lot of people wondering, how is it possible that we can have all of, of these um, – openings right now uh the 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 quits are up the great uh resignation is how people want to refer to it we've got uh, i think it's it was 11 million job openings and 7.4 million unemployed in the u.s and 4.4 million voluntarily left their job in september it does not make any sense and one of the things we've been discussing is well, exactly how great is the gig economy? Things that people are doing in a non-traditional work way that gets them dollars because they have to be getting dollars somehow. I apply this to the following story out of InsideIndianaBusiness.com that the sports books across Indiana are about to bust the half-billion-dollar mark for monthly sports betting. They, the, the Indiana Gaming Commission says bettors placed more than $460 million in wagers in October. The previous high was September, $355 billion. So this is all part of the NFL season. I'm sure in other sports coming back online. This is huge. This is massive. It's proven now to work. Or is there a thought that people have found other ways? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily gambling, but gig economy kind of ways to be able to put food on the table, and they're not worried about the traditional jobs that used to be the only way. Oh, I don't think there's any question about it and that that is happening. Sometimes it can be kind of tough to track that kind of thing. And the remote work and the folks working from home, that's another whole other thing, uh, Tony, is states like Indiana. Other states, I think, have been even more aggressive about it. And uh, you're, you're looking at workers who, who now, you know, they discover, hey, we can work from anywhere. If I'm in California or I'm paying higher taxes, my the quality of life, cost of living, those types of things, uh, maybe are not what I want them to be. Well, why don't I move to the Midwest uh, or to another state where I can work from there, keep my job, work from there, uh, and, and uh, have a, a more affordable lifestyle? So uh, the gig economy, remote work, all those types of uh, uh, factors are, are factoring in, if you will, to what the future of work is. What's going to be the mix going forward of in-office versus out-of-office? It's a debate going on at companies of all sizes uh, around uh, Indiana, to be sure, and around the country uh, and I know there was, uh, I think it was Greenlight Guru, a tech, very successful tech company uh, here in Indianapolis that uh, decided, uh, I think it was, it was those guys, decided to go total, totally uh, remote. 
uh, and made that decision to do so. Others are going to do a hybrid type uh, situation. So coming out of the pandemic, just uh, you know, more uh, of the many myriad of factors that are going to make life post-pandemic uh, a little bit different than before.